Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Pop Culture on the Rocks. This is Callan. I'm with Anna, as usual, and tonight we are discussing something I haven't even told Anna what I'm educating her on tonight, so it's a... It's going to be a surprise for her. Not you, because it will be in the title, but she doesn't know yet. I was about to say, yeah, I don't get an episode title, so I'm super excited. I love surprises. I live for surprises. I'm a surprise person. I I, I want to be surprised in certain things. Like, I don't like spoilers. I just, yeah, I like surprises. I, yeah. Some people hate them, but they're fun. Yeah, they are. Spice it up a little bit. Well, a couple things before we get going. I first wanted to say that we are excited that we have hit 500 downloads on our episodes. Raise the roof. (laughs) Very exciting. Thank you all who have listened, subscribed, downloaded the episodes. This is definitely a milestone and we're celebrating by giving away a gift card to a local store here in Mississippi called the Mississippi Gift Company. And we think it's really important to support small businesses, especially this year. They sell all Mississippi-made products like food and art, pottery, candles, ornaments. Great place to get gifts or treat yourself to something. And they ship nationwide. So definitely check them out on Instagram or on their website. Also, I apologize for... (laughs) episodes being a little bit random. (laughs) I haven't hit our uh, Sunday uh, upload schedule, but the holiday season is just crazy. Our lives are a little bit crazy right now, but we will get back on schedule, I promise, and just bear with us, and maybe it will be a fun surprise like we were talking about when a new episode appears. Yeah, you're like, whoa, that just popped up in my feed. I love it. Exactly. (laughs) Just a fun little uh, happy, happy day. (laughs) Anna, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm trying something new. It is Abita, as in Abita from Louisiana, our neighbors. And it's Abita spring-loaded spiked sparkling water. It is very good. 100 calories, a few ingredients, natural cane sugar, so I'm cool with that. And I got the splash berry flavor. It's very Mm. good. I highly recommend. 100 calories, 5% alcohol. It's nice, refreshing, even though it's like 30 degrees outside right now. I am warm and fuzzy in my belly with this alcohol, so. (laughs) (laughs) Warms us right up. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't know Abita made sparkling water or seltzer or whatever, so. Yeah, I didn't either. I've tried a couple of their different beers that they have, and yeah, I saw this and I was like, oh yeah, I definitely have to try that because, I mean, if you know us, we're going to try every single sparkling beverage out there. We love the sparkles. We love a hard seltzer, and we also love a cider, Mm -hmm. and that's what I've got tonight, surprising (laughs) to no one. (laughs) Also surprising to no one, I got this, drum roll please, (laughs) on our road trip. Yeah. Uh, If you know, you know, it's mentioned every episode. Uh, (laughs) I didn't think I got that much, but I still have stock from this trip. I love it. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It truly is. 
So, as we all know, often on these episodes, I try something and I don't like it. So, here's hoping. I keep on trying. Here's (laughs) hoping. This one's good. (laughs) We're sticking with the surprise theme. Yes, I haven't tried it yet. So, it is from the Appalachian Mountain Cidery. It is a cider mimosa. So, it is nighttime as we record this, but, you know, a little mimosa never hurt anyone. As I was saying before we started recording, Mimosa made me think of Harry Potter. Uh, (laughs) uh, Something cool I just saw in the can as well is that this company proudly supports the We Can So You Can Foundation's mission to revitalize our communities, mountains, and rivers. So I don't know what that foundation does, but it sounds really cool. So that's nice to know you're supporting something and a perk of buying kind of a smaller brand. Yeah. This is a dry hopped hard cider with orange juice. So pause while I sip. It's very good. Hey, awesome. Wow. Thought it would never happen, people. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. It almost, it's obviously orange and not grapefruit, but it reminds me a little bit of the grapefruit beer in Epcot that I have continued to mention as well. (laughs) Um, So this is delicious. Highly recommend. Basically, if you like cider and you like orange juice, you'll like this. It's not too much of either. Very, very good. Not too sweet. Awesome. Yeah. That was a raving review. Yay. (laughs) Okay. So what have you been watching or anything like that consuming? Well, I have a surprise for you, my friend. (gasps) Oh, my God. Wow, a night of surprises. (laughs) I know. It's kind of crazy because we talked about this like probably a couple months ago. I started watching The Challenge. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Oh my gosh. Yes. So, okay. So for people who don't know what The Challenge is, it's basically like Survivor but without like the majority of the strategy and just like physical challenges. Uh, so it's on CBS All Access, but because apparently, like, MTV now has, like, some affiliate with CBS or something, you know, Viacom or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's not a CBS original, it's on MTV. And they actually, the first season they have on there is season 11. So I've missed the first 10 seasons, but... (laughs) Wow. It's all right. There's a hundred more. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to start like, even if it wasn't at the very beginning, I wanted to start pretty early on because as Callan has told me before that a lot of people come back on the challenge season after season and it kind of becomes almost like their career. So yeah. And I've definitely seen that so far. Also, if you watch it on CBS All Access, the episodes are like 20 minutes and there are no ads. At least in my experience. I guess because it's so short, they just like don't have enough (laughs) time for ads. I don't know. But yeah, I've already watched three seasons. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I started it probably like a month ago now. And I've kept it a secret from you for this long. Wow. I can't believe you've held something from me. (laughs) I know. Why are are we actually friends? I don't know, but... (laughs) (laughs) no that was a great surprise I love it well first of all we'll have to have an episode on the challenge because there's just so much to talk about but I used to watch seasons of the challenge randomly growing up on MTV and 
it was just always fascinating to me because these were normal people, but they were always on. Like I, I was like, did they not have jobs? They're always <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. I was fascinated by like where they'd come from as far as like, had they been on the real world or something else? Like, why were mm-hmm. they on there? Who was dating? Everybody dated each other. It was just interesting. Yeah. Have you seen like Wes? Yes. Like the redhead? Yeah. Wes is an icon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Johnny Bananas. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who else. There's a ton. I could go there on. There are but. a lot of legends from what I've seen already. And it's only, I just started the 14th, I guess the 14th season. Yeah, it's been really good. I definitely want to do an episode on it because I know that there's a, a challenge season right now, right? That just premiered like a couple weeks ago. Yes. I'd really like to catch up to that point. Obviously, I'm sure that <laughs> this season will be over by the time I get there. But I definitely want to do an episode on it because I think it would be really fun. I agree. And I need to go back and watch some more recent seasons because I've I've fallen off. I haven't watched it in a while. And especially since like Big Brother people started being on there. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any of that. So I'm curious. But yeah, yeah, there's some interesting Big Brother ties, I'll say. So stay tuned yeah. for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew there were, there were uh, several people that I know of that have played on it. And I saw the, the cast photo for this season. So, yeah, I'm excited to eventually get to some of the newer epis- the newer seasons to meet some other people and see them in a different show. Because I think that'll be fun. For sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting more about that. That's yeah, gonna that's going to be, be fun. What have you been watching? So I actually wanted to talk about something I've been listening to. I actually have been listening to season two of Dr. Death. I actually haven't listened to season one of Dr. Death. Whoops. But my coworker and I were in the car for work. So we just listened to the whole thing. And not all the episodes are out yet. Um, And if they are, I haven't finished it. But. It's been really good. If you don't know what Dr. Death is, each season is about a different doctor, but this is about one in Michigan. He's a cancer doctor, and it's a bunch of medical malpractice things, basically telling some people they had cancer when they didn't, or severely over-medicating people with chemo to get money, things like that. So, super intense. If you're into kind of true crime uh, definitely check it out. And it's by Wondery. They always have the good podcasts, as I mentioned last week when I talked about listening to Even the Rich. Yes. Always a fan of their stuff. So, as always, every week we give a reason why Anna and I should be on The Amazing Race. So, Anna, what is your reason tonight? Okay, guys. For people who don't know who Callan and I are, we have an ongoing, like, kind of a joke but like it's also real that (laughs) that we are hashtag equally yoked (laughs) yes (laughs) so if you like are into reading the bible there's this (laughs) there's this verse that talks about like couples should be equally yoked basically saying that like I don't really know what all it means, to be honest. But mainly, like, (laughs) you want to be... Basically, like, they align with your beliefs. And, like, you don't want to have somebody bringing you down, basically. Like, you need to be equal partners 
believing and following the same thing so you can help each other and not pull one another down. Yes. And um, so we kind of took that (laughs) and said that we are equally yoked, meaning that we have very similar like likes, dislikes, make a lot of the same choices. Like I feel like if someone gave us like choose your an adventure book, somebody gives you a book like that. I feel like we would have the same result because Mm. we would probably pick the same choices. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of been a joke of ours is that we are equally yoked and maybe one day we'll get a fried egg tattooed on us for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) But just an example of how equally yoked we are. Like we've dated the same person, not at the same time, but there are a lot of people, a lot of men in this world that we have very similar attractions to. Right. You know, celebrities and otherwise. And we have similar like taste and everything. As we talked about on our favorite movie episode, we have the same two favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, honestly, I feel like as life goes, <laughs> this is so cheesy, as life goes on with Callan, I feel like we grow more and more. <laughs> and I find more and more things that we have in common, even if they're like super random. So another example, we are into really random tourist attractions. Mm-hmm. So we like roadside attractions, just like random, like we've seen different Stonehenge replicas. <laughs> um, <laughs> we found this giant lady who is like laying in a lake super creepy we'll have to post a picture of it on our instagram or something super creepy um we really love touring like universities yeah so college we love yeah yeah, we love all of those and we really love touring big homes like mansions but also like historical Mm -hmm. (laughs) like historical homes so like we love like the biltmore and we love going to fancy hotels that have history, like the Gaylord, for example, that we stayed out somewhere recently. So anyway, what does that have to do with the race, Anna, is your question. First of all, if Calanna hashtag is already taken, we can use equally yoked as our hashtag because they've kind of gone away with the hashtags, but I feel like they're still there, you know? Oh, surely they're using them on Twitter still or something, but I can almost guarantee no one else will have used the hashtag <laughs> equally yoked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that compatibility can be super helpful when you're on the race because I feel like there are times when you have to work in a team or you have to work some type of like communication kind of deal. And I feel like that could be super beneficial if a lot of times you go towards the same things. So like if there's a communication kind of like challenge and maybe someone who doesn't know each other as well, or maybe they have different thoughts on other things would do different than the what we would do because we would very much be like, okay, I'm going to see you over here and I'm going to do this and you can go do this and we'll meet there because we know how to communicate. If that makes sense. 
Yes, this one makes me very happy. <laughs> I <laughs> totally agree. I would venture to say we could communicate better on the race than some of the married couples that we've watched on there. Oh, yeah. You're right in that when we make decisions or are thinking about something, we think similarly. So chances are we won't have to debate about a decision very much because we'll have the same idea or Mm -hmm. we go about doing things the same way. So, I mean, if we succeed or fail, we're both like going to do it together. And it's not like, oh, wow, like... If only I had done that. It's like, no, nah, I probably would have done the same as you. So, <laughs> Exactly. It prevents a lot of fighting and things like that. So, yes, Anna's, uh, one of Anna's emojis in my phone contacts is uh, fried egg emoji and the equal sign. So, <laughs> equally yoked. Same here. Yep. Don't forget it. Get it on a t-shirt. You really should. That would be our race wear. I was about to say, we need to do an episode on what all of the shirts we're going to wear are. Because <laughs> we totally have to have, like, somebody has an equal sign. Somebody has a fried egg. Yep. We have to put a pop culture on the rock shirt. Yep. You know, they don't have to pay for, like, royalties or something. You know? It's yeah, fine. it's our brand, so we can put it on there, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Gotta have, like, some TV or, like, movie-themed ones. You know, some of our, like, nerdier shirts and then... Definitely. Our athletic wear for when we really gotta get in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're yeah. in the zone every time, but... <laughs> True. Yeah, we we think about it a lot. <laughs> If you can't tell. <laughs> Goodness. Yes, that was a great one. I love it. Hashtag equally yoked. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm excited to be educated. Well, it is my turn for the surprise. So I don't really know how shocking it'll be. So, you know, don't hold your breath or anything. So what I am educating you on tonight is... A Netflix series that we discussed recently, and I learned that you know nothing about it. So tonight you will, and it is the Babysitters Club. <gasps> Yay! I'm excited. Yay! It's a very happy subject, um, very fun, and a lot of layers. So I'll just dive right in. I'm an onion lover. I love layers. Yes. <laughs> Peel them back. On a recent episode, I was saying that this is what I had just finished watching. Mm-hmm. And you said that you had not read the books growing up because you hated reading. <laughs> and <laughs> not a good role model here. <laughs> and you haven't seen the Netflix series either. So, correct. I'm happy to educate you yeah i'm excited i've only played the board game but oh yes but you have (laughs) played the board game i mean very important we do love board games. priorities yeah starting with the books i grew up reading a lot of the babysitter's club books i don't know how many in total there are at this point because they've kind of kept them going in random times but basically every time i would go to the library I would get The Babysitter's Club. I loved reading, and this is one of my favorite series. And it kind of is good for a long range of time. Like, you could start reading it 10, and it would still be fine, but you could read it at 14, and it wouldn't be weird, you know? So, yeah. Definitely a good one for those kind of, like, middle school tween years, because all of the characters are in middle school. And 
It's set in the fictional town of Stony Brook, Connecticut, which is cool because I feel like not a lot of stuff is set in Connecticut. It's like this and Gilmore Girls is the only thing I know of, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a nice setting. So, the books were written by Anne M. Martin, and she wrote 36 of the books. From there, they had ghost writers, so... They were published between 1986 and 2000. Wow. And they sold 176 million copies. Just wild. Not too shabby. Nope, not bad. There's been a ton of spinoffs over the years into the 2000s. There's been other like book series that have kind of branched off from it and then of course tv and movie adaptations so there Mm -hmm. was a tv series that had 13 episodes in 1990 and when i was looking it up i recognized the people so i think at one point in time maybe in high school i watched some of this i have no idea where i saw it because i've never seen it on a streaming service So maybe it came on TV, but I recognized Mm. it. And then in 1995, there was a movie and it actually had some people that I recognize. I haven't seen the movie, but um, like Rachel Lee Cook, who was big in the 90s. And then also Larissa Olenek, Olenek, I don't remember how to say her name. She was big in the 90s too. She was in 10 Things I Hate About You. She was the younger sister. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a 90s stars in that one, but I haven't seen yeah. it. I would like to watch it though. And then of course, there's the new one that came out in July 2020 on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. The episodes are super short. There's only one season, but it has already been renewed for a second one. So that's exciting. Yeah. And another sip. <laughs> this has apple juice in it too. Oh my gosh. Oh. It's because it's cider. I'm an idiot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I was just like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Yikes. It's really not that strong, people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so the way the books were set up is each book was from a different girl's perspective. Oh. So you could get to know their home life, their friends and family their crushes and you were like inside their head and knew all their thoughts and feelings so that was cool Mm -hmm. it always kept it fresh and it you didn't get tired of it because the next book was about something totally different and so all the same people were in it but you had a different perspective each time they kept that format on this series oh the plot lines from the plot lines from the episodes were from the books like the episode titles matched some of the books i remembered And they really stayed true to me, to the characters and the plots of those books um, while kind of bringing it into the modern day. I will tell you about the characters now because that's what we really care about. The first one you meet is Christy. She is the creator of the Babysitter's Club. In the first book and the first episode, she creates the Babysitter's Club She's basically like already business minded in middle school and sees an opportunity when her mom can't find a babysitter for her younger siblings and she's unavailable. So she comes up with the idea to start the babysitters club and get her friend and then a couple other girls she knows in school to join. Her personality is very tomboy. She always has on like jeans, a turtleneck, a flannel, like very oversized, doesn't really care at all about fashion. That's just not her thing. 
she is more of a bossy personality, but she's a very, very loyal friend. She is kind of like a justice warrior in the sense, like, um, especially in the Netflix series. Um, and I'll preface and say that all of these personality traits are same in the book as in the show so nothing that I'm going to say is different unless it's like maybe a little more more progressive because we're in 2020 and so they're a little more hip with the times. Christy is very like she doesn't get why her friends have crushes like that's just not on her mind and she's very much I can do anything the boys can do but I can do it better like there's I'm no different and her mom in this series is played by Alicia Silverstone. Fun fact, we talked about her in the very first episode of our podcast. If anyone remembers, she is the voice of Braceface. That's how she came up. Oh, wow. What a throwback. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. Um, she's from Clueless. That's where you would recognize her from. But she plays Christy's mom. And that was cool to see her in something different. I've never seen her in anything besides Clueless. Yeah. And then her mom is dating a guy named Watson because uh, her mom is divorced. And I think it's Christy and two siblings, two brothers. So she's been dating Watson, who has two young children of his own. And they actually get engaged, and Christy has to deal with that through the, the episodes. Yeah. Watson is very wealthy. Christy was raised to not care about money or fancy things at all, so it's a big adjustment for her to then be thrown into this wealthy family where everything's nice and expensive. Yeah. The next character is Claudia. She is the vice president of the Babysitter's Club. She used to be friends with Christy, and it's not like they have beef, but Claudia got very popular, and they're just very different. So they had to kind of come back together. But she's very popular and cool, um, friends with everyone, very creative. She's an artist, is into fashion and just everything like that. She is Japanese American, which is super cool to learn about in the books and in the show because her grandmother, who is from Japan, actually lives with them. And Claudia is really close with her. Her older sister, Janine, is into what her parents would say are more serious subjects like math, science, engineering, that kind of thing. And Claudia doesn't usually feel very understood because she's a lot more creative and, you know, that's just she doesn't really care about school. She wants except art class. And she also loves junk food. So that's her weakness. I feel that. Yes, very relatable. So uh, Claudia brings in Stacy. This is her new friend. So Stacy is in the Babysitter's Club. She is the treasurer and she is from New York City. Think like Gossip Girl, private school, very fashion forward, just classy like New Yorker girl and a little bit more mature because she's grown up in the big city. She's a little bit boy crazy <laughs> and she seems to kind of have a secret and in the first episode and I believe in the first book that she's in, you learn that she is diabetic. So that is a big plot point for her when you meet her because they actually moved from 
New York City because things got really bad at her school because she started being bullied for her diabetes, which is really sad. So they moved to get away from that and to have everybody kind of start fresh. And her parents are super like concerned that it's going to happen again. So they want her to keep it a secret just to protect her. But then everybody wonders what secret she has and why she's lying to them about things, about being out of town when she's not, when in reality she's sick. So I feel like that was a really good thing to have her experience in the books and the show because I feel like it helps people who don't have diabetes to understand a little bit about what people who do have, especially like in middle school when everybody thinks anything out of the norm is weird or crazy. Right. She starts to embrace that that's part of who she is. Her pump is part of who she is and really starts to own that. So that's cool. The next character is Marianne. So she is the secretary and Christy's like BFF. They've been close forever. And growing up when I read the books, I related most to her because I was very shy growing up and Marianne is super shy as well. She talked to Christy, but that's about it because she was just, you know, a lot more reserved and nervous to talk to anyone. Her dad is really overprotective because her mom died when she was a baby. So it's just been him raising her her whole life. And so he's just very protective and obviously doesn't know how to handle a girl that is now like in middle school and wants to be a little bit more grown up. So her fashion kind of is like more childish and is always like going home earlier than everybody else because of her curfew and things. And it's not coming from a bad place, but she starts to kind of grow out of that throughout the series and their relationship has to evolve because of that because he kind of has to understand like, I'm going to be okay if you let me go a little bit. And in this show, not in the book she is actually biracial so her mom was black and then her dad was white so I think that added an extra element and I appreciated that so those are the four that you start out with and those are the four main people but in like the second or third episode another girl joins the babysitters club and I forgot she was ever not there actually and her name is Dawn she is from California from LA so she's super hip definitely way different than the rest of the girls she's vegetarian she's into health food she cares a lot about the environment just more progressive in those ways um and has just seen a lot that these girls haven't seen yeah she in the show is latina which was also a nice addition. And her first friend she meets is Marianne. And she actually helps Marianne come way out of her shell and show her, like, there's more than what you've seen of the world. Like, there are different kinds of people and all that. They get really close. So those are all of the members of the Babysitter's Club. As you read more books, more people join. They're, like, junior babysitters. A guy actually joins. So you get to know more characters over time. They'll have boyfriends. So they become kind of main characters. Marianne actually gets, like, a long-term boyfriend, Logan. And he is the one who becomes a member of the babysitters club later on in the books so i'm hoping more of that will kind of be 
shown in season two as they get a little bit older. I think that will be cool. The setup of the club is that um, they have meetings a couple times a week to answer the phone because they don't have cell phones and this is like a there's a specific window of time where parents are supposed to call and book them to babysit their kids and the whole premise is that there's always one available so that's why Christy had come up with the ideas because parents needed to have multiple options and know that these were all trustworthy people and like other parents had used them before and had success so they build a business and it's successful and it definitely teaches them lessons in like maturity and responsibility and when to get help and what they can handle and uh, like everything that we consume it's a little bit unrealistic because we have to pack a lot into one thing but I think the characters are super relatable and there's something that you can find in someone to relate to which is cool I think it's a great example for especially like young girls to see these girls started a business when they were 12 like why can't I do that so I think that's really cool one thing I will add about the show in particular is when I started it I just assumed it was going to be set when the books were set like in the 80s but it was in modern times which makes sense because I think they want to bring it like make it relevant for younger kids today and they stayed true to the story like I said but they definitely added in more like modern themes they always had like serious topics I touched on some of them when I was describing the characters but they definitely like added in things or just like kind of showed more of it and that's one thing I always liked about the books and now the show is it was like a happy book for younger kids but also had real topics that I'm sure many people could relate to so like you have absent parents health problems bullying well in the show they add in kind of themes just about like racial issues and history even transgender issues things about money and status the environment and then friendship so those are all topics that they touch on And I thought it was very neat how they incorporated all of that um, and modernized it, but still stayed true to the story and the characters. So overall, I really liked it. It was very well casted. All the girls are super cute and actually look like they are young. It's not like we're watching 30-year-olds in high school anymore. (laughs) So that's that's nice. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm excited for season two. It's a super easy watch. I would put it on like before bed. um, But I think it's really fun if you did read the books, but it's definitely something you can enjoy if you haven't. Yeah, that sounds super entertaining. I love I love the idea of, like you said, with like each book is a different girl's point of view. I really like that idea. That sounds really cool. And I'm impressed that they have like a hierarchy system in their business. You know, they got like roles for everyone. Oh, yeah. Christy meant business. Uh, that's what I'm saying. She's a future entrepreneur for sure. I mean, she's already an entrepreneur, but yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Future CEO right there or something. But yeah, I always appreciate whenever shows in general like address things that are going on in our world, but especially especially a show like that, which can be geared towards middle schoolers or, you know, kids that are just starting to kind of grow up and, and really realize like what out, what's out there in the world and learning what's different about all of us. 
that makes this really makes the world what it is. So that's cool. I like I like that the show doesn't shy away from any of that and can kind of make a platform for everything. Definitely. And the way they did it was always very incorporated into the story, which I think makes it more you can absorb it better and apply it. And I I like that. So yeah, definitely recommend it. Awesome. Maybe I'll read a book one day. I don't know, but <laughs> well, they're easy <laughs> ones to start with if you need a gateway. <laughs> yeah. At least watch the show and play the board game again. For sure. Now you'll know like the characters and everyone. Yeah, then I can learn who I who I want to play as. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of people acting childish. <laughs> The Amazing Race was on again this week. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Going to Cambodia. Yes. And I thought it was a beautiful setting. Great sights. It looked like a fabulous place to visit. Yeah, definitely. And the Travelocity gnome friend was back. Yes, your travel companion. He is cute. Mascot of the show. So when they arrived, they had to deliver a package to Buddhist monks at their temple. They had to take their boats over there. Thought Riley Madison might be stranded out there forever in their boat. (laughs) But they made it. I know. And really the whole whole theme of this episode was like, what's going to happen with this alliance? Yeah. This alliance of three that we have and then... This five-person alliance has made it to the final five. Like, what's who's going to get you turned? Like, yeah. with Riley and Madison, they're like, if this is how we go down, I'm going to be so mad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would be too. That would suck. Yeah. When they really haven't had a problem at all. They haven't yeah. really made a mistake. They haven't fallen to the bottom. I'm not jinxing them because this was filmed two years ago, so chill. <laughs> all um, as well. <laughs> But yeah, that would have been an awful way to go out. So I was curious to see like who's going to be the team that falls victim first. Yes. Yeah. And it kind of looms over everybody like the first half of the episode. (sighs) But yeah, so they, I really like whenever they incorporate spiritual things. I'm all about like respecting the culture, even if it's not a religion that you practice or anything like that. But It's definitely something you can appreciate and learn from. And just like seeing that floating temple was so cool. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And them getting to meet the monks and present them with that donation kind of basket was just a really cool experience. And that's what I love. We've talked about it before. But I love that about The Amazing Race is that it brings together culture and things about that country and gives the racers and America the experience that you probably never, either would never have in your life, or if you go to that country, that you could have there if you were to go. Yes. And you get to interact with the locals, and yeah, I thought that was yeah. that was cool. We say this a lot, but it's very important to get to know other cultures and get outside of your bubble and what you see all the time, so... That Mm -hmm. was really neat. And I thought it was very cool how Riley and Madison were, like, practicing what they needed to do. Yeah, yeah, that was really neat. I love that. Like, obviously, everyone in that group is very respectful and wants to follow the customs of that temple. So I always appreciate when people are like that, you know. So they had the detour, the fish Mm -hmm. or farm. Both, honestly, looked not my cup of tea. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) No, like both of them looked very interesting. Like their contraption Mm -hmm. to separate the fish from the net was super cool. Yeah. And then how that community was able to start floating farms. Like that's so neat. But yeah, both of them were a little like labor intensive. Yeah. And when I, yeah, when I say my cup of tea, like, I think it would be so cool to go there and, like, in my own time, learn the yeah. fish. You know, how, like, that is some ingenuity, how they've come up with oh, the fishing. Yeah. And the garden was super cool. And I love seeing in areas where they don't just have a machine to do everything for them, how they all work with their hands. I think it's yeah. so cool to see what people come up with and how it's, like, so much more natural and better for the environment. Um, But in a race situation, (laughs) these would not have been the challenges that I would be excited for in the sense they looked pretty difficult to learn and Mm -hmm. I would be stressed about getting it. But everybody got there seemingly okay. It was just labor intensive. So maybe it was just more physical work, which is fine as opposed to like, uh, how the heck do we do this? Right. Yeah, it was just a matter of like with the farming, mixing the soil and figuring out which plants go where. Yeah. And which apparently that basket was very heavy yeah. with the soil in it. And then, yeah, it was what, 3,000 foot net? Is that right? Yeah. They're pulling for a year, it felt like. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like literally having that like meter on the side of the screen. Yeah. Was just crazy. And Aparna, I think she was like, man, this thing's long. It's like a couple couple hundred feet. And I'm like, a mm, couple thousand feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite. Yeah. Uh, I know. I discovered something that you and I need to have for the race. So Chi and Hung accidentally ended up at the garden their boat person took them there instead of to the fish so they just had to do that one and i think hung is brilliant for having knee pads Ooh, i didn't even notice that yeah Yeah. i was looking at them when she was there and she doesn't have them and he's probably regretting that but she (laughs) had them on and i i was noticing it really for the first time that she had those on and so like when she was down there gardening and on her knees that whole time she had yeah. pads. I was like, this girl is smart. Yes, that's genius. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, making a mental note. Yeah, because all these <laughs> like what building, to bring. all these building challenges, like where you're on your yes, hands you're and always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's gonna help you out a lot. We're gonna be styling with our equally yoked <laughs> shirts <laughs> and our knee pads. We can, yeah, we can get some cool designs on our knee pads for sure. <laughs> Definitely a must-have. I also really liked that the gnome had a piece of each detour that was necessary. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice little detail. And nobody forgot their gnome this time. No one forgot the gnome. Which, that's happened before. People get to the mat and then they don't have their gnome and have to figure that out, so. That's a priority. Keeping up with that gnome. Got it. It's like the fanny pack at that point. <laughs> right. Which one do you think we would do? Fisher Farm. Huh. I don't. I really don't know. Just in theory, the garden sounds preferable, but... Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. And that would have been fine. It looked like it took longer than the fish, but there's not really a way to know that until you do it. Yeah, although I feel like you would smell like fish, which I'm not a big fan of um, fish smell. Yeah, I'd rather smell like the lemongrass. (laughs) Yeah, just kind of wipe that on you a little bit and (laughs) kind of give yourself some essence. 
It is an essential oil, so maybe it would be kind of soothed. True. Maybe, like, the essential oil, like, superpowers will, like, soak into our bloodstream and make us faster or something. Anti-U-turn. <laughs> yeah. It's like this vibe we're giving off is... <laughs> Who are these people? I don't even remember them. <laughs> it's like a Jedi mind trick. Like, don't you turn us. <laughs> we are not the team you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of like this U-turn has been long awaited for i feel like by all of these teams yeah and especially now because the mind five is now dissolved and this i mean they call it a secret alliance but that's about it we don't really have like a term for will and james hung and she and riley and madison yeah why didn't they name themselves the core three or something that's so lame that is lame we should come up with a name we'll have to think on that sorry equally yoked is taken <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to beat that you know <laughs> not everybody can have the coolest name yeah but i really i was surprised because whenever obviously we knew there were only going to be two u-turns this entire season but then phil comes on explaining the double u-turn and then says there will be no more non-elimination legs which i feel like he usually says that at the end of the season just kind of like hey just so you know all these people are going home yeah but just hearing him say that right then it's like oof their strategy is going to be interesting which uh, it was a mess getting on those those boats because we had riley and madison on one boat and then gary and d'angelo closely behind going to the u-turn board which they figured there was going to be a u-turn so riley and madison are kind of debating if we get there first are we u-turning gary and d'angelo who are right behind us and who may then u-turn like hung and chi or will and james or do we just kind of see what happens and maybe if they get there first u-turn ishwar and aparna what would we have done in that situation is the question. But but am I correct that if Gary and D'Angelo were U-turned by Riley and Madison, they would have to complete the other side of the detour before they came back and U-turned someone else. Is that right? Or if it's they could immediately detour, immediately U-turn someone. Because they made it sound like if they U-turned Gary and D'Angelo, they could immediately you turn hung and she for example yeah maybe since they're already there they can i don't know because i don't know if that's ever been the situation i'm not 100 percent sure what the rule would be there but he did make it sound like they could you turn them right then so yeah i'm i feel like that's a scenario that's happened but i just i can't think of what happened in that scenario but that's not what happened so <laughs> exactly i don't know what we would have done this is like when i i say it's not what I would do, but I'm not necessarily, like, upset about it. Like, D'Angelo and Gary U-turn, Ishwar and Aparna. So, Riley and Madison burned the second U-turn by U-turning Gary and D'Angelo. Because once you're past that point, if you get U-turn, it doesn't matter. And we talked about this last time, but it makes sense why you, like, burn the second U-turn. But it just really, I just think it is so dirty and I, I'm not mad I'm not mad at Riley and Madison because they did what they needed to for the alliance and when you're in an alliance that's the, that's what you should do maybe it's the fan in me that's like that's not the point of the double u-turn if mm -hmm. only one person was supposed to be u-turn we would go back to the days of one u-turn right the double yeah. u-turn 
at least gives two teams the opportunity to kind of duke it out. It's like you're playing the system. I You are. And... I mean, you're allowed to do that. I wonder if one day they will make it to where you can't do that. Because I feel like a lot of people complain about that. It's just, mm-hmm. it really just kind of takes the fun away from like, okay, well, we can pretty much predict now. Even though it was close in this episode, we can predict Ishwar and Aparna are going home when the, once they get yeah. U-turn. So the second half of the episode is like you're just waiting it out almost. Whereas if you played the U-turn how it's meant to be played, it would be a lot more interesting. Yeah, it's one of those like, you know, entertainment value versus like, well, what would you do in that situation if you were a participant in the race? So yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's one of those like, well, if we were in that situation, we would do the same thing. But as a viewer, it's just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't very exciting. Exactly. Again, kind of a relate to this past season of Big Brother where everybody who was watching the series was like, okay, this is kind of predictable. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And predictability is not what you want with a reality game show. I know. And it's unfortunate because sometimes it's probably, it would probably feel like we can't ever be happy because (laughs) if people are super like dumb and not strategic at all, and it's a season where it's all over the place, like on a Big Brother Survivor setup, you're annoyed because they have no strategy. You could go out there and beat them. They're idiots, whatever. But when you have like the committee this past season on the Big Brother and they like dominate, win everything, knock people out that aren't in the alliance and they're doing what they're supposed to do, then you're bored. So then you're upset that no one's shaking (laughs) it up. No one's turning on anyone. No one's being too stupid. So it's like we can't be satisfied. So it's hard because like honestly when it's a little bit more predictable that means the people in charge are doing what they should be doing. And it's unfortunate for the other people that can't take over but it means someone's playing well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean that's Exactly what happened with the Mind Five, and now they are dwindling down. Gary and D'Angelo get to the U-turn board first, and they decide to U-turn Ishwar and Aparna. Later on, D'Angelo, I believe, is the one who said their reasoning for U-turning them was basically, you know, they're a weaker team and that they have not won a leg of the race yet. And the U-turn is what they wanted to use to kind of push them further back in hopes that it would help them help D'Angelo and Gary be able to finish, which is understandable. Riley and Madison are shortly behind them. And like we said, they decide to U-turn Gary and D'Angelo who were in front of them. So it didn't really seem like it was much of a debate between (laughs) Riley and Madison on whether they were going to U-turn someone else in their alliance, which kind of makes sense considering they're close with Hung and Chi and Will and James and have been helping each other this entire race more so than the other two teams. So after the U-turn, Ishwar and Aparna are having to do the second half of the detour. So they have to go and do the farming while the rest of the teams go to the roadblock. Something along the lines of who can fit the mold, I think was the question. Basically making decorative tiles in the way that the Cambodian people do there, which was really neat and really interesting because their method just looked so different than like what our industrialized America would be like. It just looked a lot more like a lot more care 
and artistic vision put into it rather than like sometimes here in America where everything is just kind of like on a conveyor belt and it kind of loses its <laughs> its artistic touch. So that was really neat. Apparently a big stumbling block on the roadblock <laughs> was people were not paying attention to Basically, I think it was the beard bros or however people are calling them um, who explained that it's basically like baking a cake where you have to like grease the side of the mold that you're putting the tile in. And that's what helps it come out of the of the mold after it's been pressed into the tile, which completely makes sense like on just a relative like this is how you do basic things. But I'm sure in the race, it's just like you're trying to get done so fast that you don't want to waste time watching the example, especially when other teams are coming in after you. You're like, okay, I think I got this. And Gary specifically was getting very frustrated that D'Angelo had not watched the entirety of the example because he kept making the tiles without greasing the pan first, however you want to say that. So I'm sure that was very frustrating. I didn't really understand why both those teams were not watching the full demo. Yeah, really the only thing I can think of was they were like, oh, he's kind of being repetitive, like doing the same thing over and over again and maybe they missed like the very beginning of the presentation and uh, honestly I feel like I'm sure I would be in that situation as well where you get to the roadblock and then you see all these other teams and it's kind of intimidating because it's like okay who's gonna leave first who's gonna leave and start their their task first Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like once one person leaves, it's kind of like domino effect. Like, oh, I need to go ahead and get started. But like they say, slow and steady runs the race. And sometimes you just need to watch the whole thing and maybe you would get it right in the first two or three attempts rather than I think D'Angelo had like 13 attempts, (laughs) 13 tiles that he made or something. Yeah, I can see why you would want to rush and get going. But usually it is like if I figure it out and watch it closely and do it right the first time then I can Mm -hmm. I in the end I'll get done more quickly than if I just like have to do it a thousand times because I'm not paying attention right exactly and I mean we kind of mentioned that Ishwar Naparna's U-turn and being the only team that was U-turned it became a little predictable however when Ishbar and Aparna get to the roadblock, let's see, Ishbar and Aparna was there with Gary and D'Angelo and Hung and Chi, correct? So there were three teams, including them, which I'm sure was like, wow, we actually could maybe do this. Mm-hmm. Which to me, for like as a viewer, it was like, oh, okay, well, this kind of makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. And Aparna came out swinging. Uh, she was not happy, which I mean... I can't blame her. I wouldn't be the same way, I think. (laughs) And I'm not a very confrontational person in in nature, but I mean, I think it's warranted that she was upset. I know. I would definitely be upset. I think she was more verbal than maybe... (laughs) We would yes. <laughs> maybe a snide comment here or there, but she was full on like, I'm going to heckle him while he does this. So whatever. Yeah. I guess Riley and Madison weren't there anymore for her to take out her aggression on. But true. I think I would have been saying, what the heck, guys? You could have at least given yes. us a chance, you know? Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, it's like it hurts already that you get U-turned and then the second team is basically like, we want you to go home. I know. (laughs) That almost feels more targeted because it's like, okay, maybe the team who U-turned me felt like this was their only option at the time or like their best chance of success but it's Mm -hmm. like the other team could have left it alone but no they just screwed us yeah so it's understandable they had d'angelo and aparna had a little bit of a verbal confrontation i guess (laughs) but it's understandable both sides of their frustration i think i agree you make the decorative tile once you make the tile that's approved by the judge Then you have to take that tile and solve a slide puzzle. Good night. Please do not make me do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I really enjoy puzzles. I'm not talented at them, though. And especially for some reason when it moves in a slide formation, my brain is not not following not following at all so that would intimidate me anytime I see a sliding puzzle I'm like oh my gosh my brain kind of breaks down for a minute so I really hope if this was a situation where we were in the race I would hope that Callan would take this one <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah slide puzzles first of all they make me think of Survivor and our friend Ben mm-hmm. at his survivor parties, he has often had a slide puzzle. Yes, exactly. That was exactly what I was thinking of where I've seen slide puzzles and I'm like, oh, heck no, guys. Definitely not me. <laughs> I know. They're more frustrating to me than other puzzles. That's not my favorite, especially mm-hmm. in a time constraint. I think that's what makes them more yes. frustrating. But I, <laughs> uh, on my iPod Touch back in the day... Ooh. I used to have the Unblock Me app. I don't know if anybody else did, but it was just slide puzzle after slide puzzle. And that's all. I would just sit there and do that. Maybe I need to get some of those and get over my fear of slide puzzles. Yeah, break it. That was a fun app. And like, you're not timed. So it's low stress. And I'm sure it still exists. So maybe we both need to be practicing because it's a good brain exercise. But It seemed like it wasn't super hard because nobody seemed to struggle too much with it. That's true. And of course, it had the roaming gnome on it. So that makes it a little less stressful. Of course. But it is funny just how like, I think if you voice something that either scares you or you're not very talented with, somehow it comes out on the race in in one shape or form. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I need to just say I have no flaws I'm not scared of anything. (laughs) I I have no problems with anything and just not jinx us. Say that you hate the things you're actually good at. So then they'll be there and you're like, boom. Some reverse psychology there. But CBS, if you're listening, we would never do that. (laughs) We'll be honest all the way. Definitely. So like we said, Ishwar and Aparna, Hung and Chi and Gary and D'Angelo were the last three at the roadblock. Okay, The, am I saying this right? Angkor Ruins? I think so. Okay. That place is beautiful. I know. The Angkor Ruins. I want to go. Yes. Bucket list place for sure. And I love that that was the pit stop. So Riley and Madison end up being numero uno at the pit stop. And they went a pretty great trip to Norway. Yeah, I was jealous of that one. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Too bad they can't go right now, but <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> yes, hopefully their expiration date can be extended due to the pandemic. I don't think anyone was super like nail biting 
with Ishwar Naparna and Gary and D'Angelo as far as like their tut-tut race. I think the editing probably wants you to think that it was really close as far as their foot race and tuk-tuk race, but sadly, Ishwar and Aparna were the final team, the last team, which was a bummer because I did like them. They have a sweet sibling ship. Is that a word? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am glad they seem to grow closer and seems like they don't really get to spend a lot of time with each other in real life or in mm-hmm. everyday life, so... I'm glad they got to do that. I'm sure that is something that they can look back on fondly forever. Yes, I agree. Yeah, so good episode. That, the tease for next week was absolutely (laughs) hilarious. I cannot wait. (laughs) Ooh, I'm ready for some action, people. Yes, so if you somehow missed the tease for next week, the teams were all running in high heels. (laughs) which was super great hilarious i always love showing like doesn't it suck to be a woman sometimes exactly because society tells me i gotta wear these things and that's a no-go for me more power to you men and women who wear high heels i cannot correct that is not my jam yep not for me well sometimes for me but not on a daily basis (laughs) (laughs) the only time I wear high heels is if I know I'm sitting down for a long period of time yeah yeah you got to get that right fit that right brand so I like when people have to kind of walk a mile in our shoes literally yeah exactly maybe that's what the challenge will be called probably that would not surprise me at all but yeah we have the final four next week which is exciting i'm really sad though because i don't want the show to end i know we don't know how long we're gonna have till we have the amazing race back so what are we gonna talk about there's literally nothing else to talk about there's nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh well i guess we'll just have to start binging some other things or we should binge watch international seasons of The Amazing Race. Yes, I would love to see those. Yeah, so maybe we can do that. Because, yeah, like after this, I don't know yeah. <laughs> if yeah. we're keeping the theme that we have yeah. where we are recapping reality game shows. That's like the <laughs> term, right? I guess. That sounds so much lamer it than sounds... it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, exactly it's like it's not like family feud or anything but right reality competition shows okay yeah that sounds a little better that sounds like wow that's more intense (laughs) so intense competitive uh well if you have any ideas hit us up as always on our social media or in our email inbox it's always open be sure to follow us Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Like I said earlier, we appreciate all of you who are listening and we would love to connect with you. As always, thank you for listening. And until next time, I'm Callan. I'm Anna. And your work of art didn't work for us. 